0: The following article is from the September 1998 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. Manuel Fernandez Juncos, Masonic Hero of Puerto Rico, by Eduardo Camareno Jr., 32nd degree. By any standard, Brother Manuel Fernandez Juncos was one of Puerto Rico's most extraordinary men and masons. In 1858, An orphan born in 1846 in the province of Asturias, Spain, arrived aboard a Spanish vessel on the island of Puerto Rico, which was discovered by Columbus during his second voyage to the New World. The little boy was Manuel Fernandez Juncos, who became a Puerto Rican by adopting the island as his country. He went on to become a prolific writer and newspaper editor, statesman, master mason, 32nd degree Scottish Rite Mason. And the founder in 1893 of Lodge Patria number 61 in San Juan, Puerto Rico. He was also the lodge's first worshipful master. This year, 1998, 100 years after the Spanish-American War, commemorates the change of Puerto Rico sovereignty from Spain to the United States. A century ago, Puerto Rico became an American territory. Thus, this year it is especially appropriate to remember brother Manuel Fernandez Juncos, one of the great heroes of Puerto Rico, and the founder of Freemasonry in Puerto Rico. Some of the most relevant traits of this extraordinary man were his knowledge of the social problems of the rural man, a knowledge acquired behind the counter of his uncle's general store. His vocation as writer was the result of his constant communication with townspeople and his understanding of their particular problems. An eye illness was a turning point in his life. That is when he met Dr. José Hualperto Padilla, a renowned poet known as El Caribe, who cured his sight and became his friend and teacher, orientating him toward a literary vocation. As editor of his newspaper, El Buscapié, the firecracker, brother Fernandez Juncos was instrumental in publishing what was, in effect, an adult education program consisting of informative newspaper articles on health, society, and government. It was the only newspaper that stood up when the local government dominated by Madrid hindered the economic, social, and political progress of the island. During the tenure of Romualdo Palacios as Spain's military governor of Puerto Rico, Brother Fernandez Juncos was the worshipful master of Estrella de Lucio, Star of Luquillo, Lodge Number 5. In 1887, all Masonic lodges were closed by the governor. Civil rights were suspended generally, and the Civil Guard was authorized to imprison and physically abuse Puerto Rican citizens. Any two or more persons meeting were subject to immediate arrest. This obscure episode lasted almost a year until the Queen of Spain appointed a new governor. In the history of Puerto Rico, this year is often called the Year of Terror. Ten years later, in 1897, the Spanish government implemented an autonomous government for the colony of Puerto Rico. This first self-governing cabinet was composed of local patriots such as Luis Muñoz Rivera, Juan Hernández López, José Severo Quiñones, Francisco Mariano Quiñones, Manuel F. Rossi, and Manuel Fernandez-Jupcos, the latter as Secretary of the Treasury. But the life of the cabinet was short. In 1898, following the explosion of the USS Maine in the harbor of Havana on February 15, 1898, the Spanish-American War broke out, and after the conquest of the island by the United States, an American military government took over. The cabinet immediately resigned, but General John R. Brooke, the American military governor requested its members to stay in order to form a bridge between the two governments. For the most part, the Americans didn't know the laws and customs of the people nor the Spanish language. On the other hand, Puerto Ricans didn't know English and couldn't understand the purposes and means of the new government because of their previous experiences with the Spaniards. Thus, the many laws promulgated by the Americans to benefit the people were initially seen with distrust. During the critical change of sovereignty, Brother Fernandez Junco's, seeing the Spanish language was in jeopardy as the vehicle for learning, took over the enormous task of adopting, translating, and writing books for use in the schools. For this patriotic service, Brother Fernandez Junco's is considered a true Puerto Rican, though he was born in Spain. His dedication to Puerto Rican culture and to the betterment of Puerto Rico was of extraordinary service in preserving the island's rich past and assuring its secure, prosperous future. This outstanding Freemason is also the author of the words of La Borinquena, Puerto Rico's national anthem. In addition, he founded San Juan City's Casa Manuel Fernandez Juncos for orphan children, a charity all Puerto Ricans know and cherish. Brother Fernandez Juncos was honored when the second most important avenue in San Juan, the capital of Puerto Rico, was named after him as Manuel Fernandez Juncos Avenue. The city's most important avenue was named after Juan Ponce de Leon, the first governor of Puerto Rico. Brother Fernandez Juncos died peacefully at his home in the Santurce suburb of San Juan on August 28, 1928. All Masonic organizations and people of all walks of life were present at his funeral. By any standard, he was an extraordinary man and Freemason. The following article is from the September 1998 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA, and is written by, and forgive me if I burned her this, Svatopolek Studeni, 33rd Degree, and is about Dr. Aloy Racine, 33rd Degree, Czech reformer and mason. Following the demise of communism, illustrious Aloy Rasin became a model for Czech economists building a free nation. At the birth of the Czech Republic in October 1918, following the dissolution of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, Dr. Aloy Racine, 33rd degree, became the Minister of Finance. A politician and economist of note, illustrious Racine's reforms guided the new state from post-war waves of confusion and inflation, not unlike the disintegration of the Soviet Empire in 1989. He has become a model for Czech economists following the demise of communism. In fact, Racine's portrait occupied a place of honor in the office of Václav Klaus, the former prime minister who is primarily responsible for the economic reforms of the Czechoslovakia, now the Czech Republic. The development of Aloy Racine's personal and conceptual ideas is important for placing him in historical perspective. Most importantly, the creation of Austria-Hungary in 1867 and thereby the establishment of state dualism led to the end of independent ideas, Under this system, justified efforts for independence on the part of the Czechs were blocked, particularly by the German citizens of the kingdom who at that time, much as in 1939, saw their ethnic future in assimilation with Greater Germany. During his student days at the Charles University in Prague, Racine joined several youth movements. His humor, sharp wit, and faultless memory led to his assuming the forefront in efforts for national independence, At the age of 24, he had already published a brochure with the characteristic title of The Rights of the Czech Nation. Though the work was often censored, 15,000 copies were reprinted, an unusual number for that time. In 1894, as one of the intellectual leaders of youth, Rasin was arrested. Following a lengthy trial together with 68 members of the Omladina Youth Movement group, he was sentenced to two years imprisonment served in the notorious Bori prison in Pilsen. After serving his time, Racine became the heart and soul of the contemporary political scene, and in June 1911, Racine was elected deputy of the Austrian parliament. At this time, leading Czech politicians carried out positive pro-Austrian politics. Their thinking followed Racine's determined logic. German-oriented citizens of the Czech kingdom were interested in undermining the Austrian monarchy since their goal was the annexation of a large part of the Austrian monarchy to Germany, including the Czech lands. During World War I, Racine became one of the leaders of the anti-Habsburg resistance. Domestic resistance maintained contact with the resistance in exile, led by Professor T.G. Masaryk, together with Dr. Kramer. Racine was arrested on January 12, 1915. Following a huge trial lasting six months, he was sentenced to death, with the Supreme Court confirming the sentence. The remaining days for both were condemned men were dramatically short, but so was the life of the aging Emperor Franz Joseph. The new emperor, Charles, commuted the death sentence to a 10-year imprisonment. Amnesty followed six months later in the summer of 1917. Following the death of illustrious Racine in a letter addressed to the Czechoslovak government, the then-president T.G. Masaryk wrote, Dr. Racine was a true Czech, simple, hardworking, a man of steel and heart. When he was released from prison in 1917, he immediately took up his leading political role. I yearned for his release while away in exile. Knowing he was at the head of resistance at home gave me the feeling of security. Austria had sentenced him to death, but he remained a leader to a new life, the life of a nation. The first act of law of the Czechoslovak Republic was in the handwriting of Racine, and it was with the emotion to that this very day we observed the inserts, deletions, and corrections leading to the definitions of the first Czechoslovak law and this, in turn, leading to the strenuous building of the new nation, safeguarded in its economic stability and future. Thanks to illustrious Racine, from 1922 onward, Czechoslovakia enjoyed a firm currency favorable to the foundation of economic development of the republic. Despite the fact that illustrious Racine always acted on his stated creed, what is done for the country is done for free. A vicious anti-Racine campaign developed in the leftist press, primarily fed by communists, as a result, while on his way to work in front of his home on the morning of January 5, 1923, a young communist by the name of Supala attempted to assassinate illustrious brother Racine by firing two rounds at point-blank range into his chest. From January 5th to February 18th, illustrious Racine fought for his life, but he died at the age of 55. Thus, as early as 1923, illustrious Aloy Racine was to become the first Czechoslovak victim of communist terror. In the years following, 1948, further hundreds, even thousands, of Czechoslovak patriots and fighters for freedom and democracy were to meet torture, execution, and inhuman confinement in prisons and uranium mines right up to the fall of communism and the victory of democracy in 1989. Our final article in this short episode is just titled, A Few Famous Freemasons written by Brother Gary Leeser, 32nd degree, and is also from the same Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry issue. Masonic critics would have a difficult time living in the world today if they tried to avoid anything with which Masons have had a part. For example, Ralph Bellamy, who wrote the Pledge of Allegiance, was a Mason, as was Francis Scott Key, who wrote the National Anthem. Frederick A. Bartholdi, a Mason, designed the Statue of Liberty, while father and son Gutzon and Lincoln Borglum, both Masons, carved Mount Rushmore. Aviator Charles Lindsberg was a Mason. Daniel Carter Beard, a Mason, founded the Boy Scouts of America. Melvin Jones, a Mason, founded the Lions International. General William Booth, a Mason, founded the Salvation Army. All four founders of the Future Farmers of America were Masons. Dave Thomas, a Mason, founded Wendy's. Harlan Sanders, a Mason, started Kentucky Fried Chicken. Doctors William and Charles Mayo, both Masons, began Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. Dr. Alexander Fleming, a mason, was a developer of penicillin. Dr. Edward Jenner, a mason, developed the smallpox vaccine. Roy Rogers and John Wayne, America's favorite cowboy actors, were masons. Gene Autry also is a mason. General Lewis Wallace, who wrote Ben-Hur, and William Wyler, who directed the movie Ben-Hur, were both masons. Maytag Appliances are named after Frederick Maytag, a mason. James C. Penney, founder of the department store chain, was a mason. David Sarnoff, a mason, was president of RCA and urged the formation of NBC. He also led in the development of color television. A brand of vacuum cleaners is named after Frank Hoover, a mason. Henry Ford, Walter Chrysler, and Ramson Olds, all masons, have cars named after them. The Gillette Safety Razor was named after King Gillette, a mason. Sebastian S. Kresge, a mason, founded SS Kresge, now Kmart Corporation. He set up the Kresge Foundation with grants now totaling about $640 million. Houston, Texas, where the 1993 Southern Baptist Convention met, is named after a Mason Sam Houston. I doubt there are very many places we could visit, food we could eat, medicine we could take, places we could shop, or things we could do in which Masons have not been a significant part. Even basketball, one of our most popular national pastimes, was invented by a Mason, James Naismith.